Okay, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, goofballs and scumbags. Whether you're watching the Champions League, whether you're watching the bootleg Europa League, Conference League, uh, or whether your team is winning sometime during the weekend, not mine. Y'all know what time it is. We back at it again. Episode 59? 59, right? Sounds about right. Oof, look at that. Episode 59 of the Football Misfits. I am your host, LV, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. My Rainey's Black Bottom, a.k.a. Buck Nasty, a.k.a. The Sad Spurs Fan. And I am joined, of course, by none other than the one, the only, Mr. Misfits himself, the man who makes it happen. If you follow the Football Misfits on Instagram, you probably know this man's name. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the one, the only, Ronnie. Ronnie, say what's good. What's good, everybody? And yes, Instagram, we thank you all for listening to us and following us there. Stay strong, be brave. Stay strong, be brave, and follow up, please. Thank you. And of course, before we begin, we would not be the football misfits without uh, this other key player, the Spencyclopedia. Britannica, <laughs> on the fence, Spence, Spencerdamus, aka Drostradamus. Sometimes y'all may know him as Spencer, and uh, so do we on occasion. Spencer, say what's good for the one time. What's going on, everybody? Peace and love. Peace and love. Now I'm not sure if y'all can hear it in his uh, introduction, but uh, it sounds like he's smiling, and that might be because he went four out of five this week in our predictions. Straight draws. Look at that. Couldn't be me, based on my record. Sounds like bullshit, but here we are. Ooh, <laughs> Ronnie Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the hate. I love the objective hate. You know what? I'm going to throw some on you. Yeah, it sounds like absolute bullshit. You know what? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But in soccer, they draw. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, with wise words from Ted Lasso. <laughs> I mean, AFC uh, Richmond supporter over there. <laughs> as as always, of course, um, we begin with our match of the week. Uh, obviously, there was the beginning of the Champions League group stage. Uh, we got to see all the heavy hitters and whatnot. And then, if you uh, were looking for some diet Champions League, there was, um, you know, the Europa Conference League. And no, that's you... Diet Europa League, LV. Sorry to cut you off. That's Diet Europa League. Ooh. All right. So <laughs> the Europa League being Coke Zero and uh, the Conference League being RC Cola. <laughs> Love to see it. Unless you're a Spurs fan, me. Um, but neither here nor there. Ronnie, before we get to the shenanigans known as the Conference League and whatnot, uh, did you have a favorite match this week? I'm not going to front. No. <laughs> I didn't really watch much. I didn't really watch much footy this week. And before you know, Arsenal fans on Instagram tell me I'm not dedicated to the sport. I'm a busy person, okay. Um, but some of the footy that I did watch was pretty interesting. I will say, even though Juventus and Milan drew today, I would say that's a favorite game of the week because whenever those two teams link up, they always provide some entertainment. There was a point in the second half where. Alvaro Morata was apparently hurt, and 
Juve wanted them to play the ball out so they could attempt to Morata, but Mill's like, we don't got to do that shit. Fuck that. And they kept on playing. And then um, there was a little spat after that between Sandro Tonali and Paulo Dybala. Like, it was a lot of chippiness, especially in that second half. So, again, whenever those two teams link up, is there's always some chipping. There's always some type of flair going on. Morata scored for Juve in the fourth minute. And Antti Rebic, who's had a hell of a week, equalized for Milan, resulting in a one-all draw. So if, if I had to choose a favorite match of the week, it would be that one, even though Juve are sitting below the relegation line. But that's neither here nor there. Early days. LV, what was your game of the week? And that's for all you uh, fake fans saying Ronnie don't keep up with his shit, even though he's busy. Still came up with a game of the week for y'all asses. Hold that. Okay, so mine uh, mine was earlier on in the week, a Champions League clash. I think I have two matches a week, but I'll stick with one for now. Um, this one was a historical Champions League match. It does also feature AC Milan, who you just mentioned. It was AC Milan versus Liverpool FC in the Champions stage. They call it the group of death. Um, and I got to say, this game kind of lived up to that. It was it was a back and forth match all the way through and through. Um, I will, before the match begins, I will mention that uh, a former AC Milan legend, Clarence Seydorf, had something to say when uh, this match was basically announced to happen. Uh, earlier on in the week, talked about how he was the coach of AC Milan the last time they had a Champions League game. And so he said seven years later, uh, we're back facing a rival where their iconic matches have been written into the history of this amazing tournament. Good luck, Milan. And boy, will they need the good luck because on the Liverpool side, it's a man named Mohamed Salah. He was on that bullshit early on. The match began with an own goal uh, for Liverpool, courtesy of Fakaya Tomori of AC Milan. Liverpool go up 1-0. Yeah, defended you- off of Trent Alexander-Arnold's shot. Yes. And so Tamori was credited the own goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold got Liverpool going early on. You mentioned Ante Rebic. Uh, he's been on that bullshit, and he was in the Champions League game as well. Scored just before halftime to level things for Milan. And from there, it was like, oh, this is the game to be watching. So Brahim Diaz, before the uh, first half whistle blew, uh, decided to add a goal another for AC Milan. Putting them up 2-1 versus Liverpool there uh, at Anfield. It was crazy how Liverpool were pretty much on it, dominant. They, had, they were the better side the whole first half, except for, like, those final five minutes. It was just before the halftime whistle blew where AC Milan were like, yo, let's get them quick. They must have thought it was the end of the match because uh, coming into the second half, um, it was a bit of back and forth. But just after the second half began, Mo Salah got himself a goal back to give Liverpool the tie. It was 2-2. Uh, and from that point on, I think uh, Liverpool kind of – Got comfortable in their in their press. Uh, AC Milan really didn't have any answers for them, and it was mostly Liverpool going for uh, going for the win there. That's what it seemed like, at least for me. And then on comes uh, Jordan Henderson, aka the back pass legend. Um, and of course, instead of doing some back passes, uh, he he uh, scored a a goal that you know he'll give you once every calendar year, I believe. Uh, usually a screamer. Uh, you remember one of the goals he scored against, uh, I believe it was Chelsea way, way, way back um, outside the box and things of that nature. Well, he had more of the same energy for AC Milan, uh, their Champions League historical rivals. And uh, from there, Liverpool go up 3-2 off the back of Jordan Henderson. The captain gives them the lead. And that was all she wrote there. So 
Uh, match ends 3-2 to start the Champions League Group of Death, a.k.a. Group B. That was my favorite match of the week. I've got another one, but uh, I think we can eh, – it wasn't as fun, I'll be honest. All right. Um, yeah, I would also can I would also throw up Liverpool Milan as one of the favorite games of the week. Interesting that it was Milan's first ever trip to Anfield. Now that's interesting to think about, because seeing as that they played each other twice in a final, obviously both of which won't be in either's home. One of them was in Rome, and the other one in Istanbul. If I'm not mistaken. Definitely Istanbul, maybe Istanbul Rome. I think the other one was in Rome, but. I could be I could be pulling that one out of my ass, but that's um, okay. it was in Athens. Look at that, straight out of LV's ass. Okay, all right, but yeah, I mean that is interesting. I didn't I didn't even think of that. They've never played AC Milan. have never made the trip to Anfield like, except uh, this past week when they uh, took the L to uh, Mo Salah and uh, the fighting Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool three <laughs> two. Um, but I guess uh, to stick in to stick with the Champions League, shall we run through uh, what happened this this week? Uh, we had some some high scoring games. Man City playing uh, Leipzig in Group A. It was pretty much um, and we're going backwards. This was on Wednesday. There was the first round of games on Tuesday. Um, now this game was pretty much goal galore. Apparently, um, I should mention. Obviously, Man City get the uh, the goal the goal scoring started through Nathan Ake, who doesn't necessarily score that often for the team. But apparently it was very it was in a, a very emotional moment for him because uh, he scores in the Champions League, his first ever Champions League goal, probably amongst his, one of his first goals for Man City. And um, his father, actually, who was sick coming into that game, passed away just after he scored that goal. Um, so... You know, you hate to see it. He, he uh, expressed basically like he did it, it was for his dad. He knew his pops was sick and, you know, um, just really wild stuff. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that was you know, sad. RIP to his pop. Yeah, super sad stuff. Uh, but he did get a goal, I guess, in honor of him, as, as he said uh, after the match. And there was a bunch of um, – I think Pep Guardiola sent some – Send some message of support, allegedly, uh, to his father and and to Nathan Ake, of course, and his family and whatnot. But he got the uh, goal scoring started there, and uh, it wasn't until maybe about five or so minutes later where Leipzig would concede yet another goal through an own goal from Nordi Mukiele. Uh, Man City all of a sudden up 2-0, and uh, I think if you watch the Premier League and whatnot, you, you can assume it's cruise control from here. Um, but Leipzig said, nah, fam, you know, we're pretty good in our own right. You know, uh, we got some good players, and notably Christopher and Cuckoo, who scored a goal just before the halftime whistle blew, making it 2-1. Now, with 3-1 going into the second half, you would think, that's enough to put away any sort of match, but uh, both sides had other things in mind. Christopher and Kugel scoring in the 51st minute, and then a couple minutes after that, Man City's very own Jack Grealish gets his first ever Champions League goal. We do remember him talking about wanting to play on the biggest stage, the biggest competitions, the biggest clubs, yada, yada, yada. Got his goal in his first ever Champions League match, and it was a nice little curler just outside the box. And Kuku would add a third goal to make it a hat trick. And at this point, it was uh, 4-3. So you're thinking maybe, just maybe, if Leipzig can get one goal back, they can, you know, take a point from City. And what a point it would be. But uh, Man City had some other plans as Joao Cancelo bagged the goal. So did Gabriel Jesus. And if you're counting, folks, that's six goals for Man City in the 90 minutes to Leipzig's three. Uh, Christopher and Kuku being, 
you know, having a match where he scored a hat trick and takes a mean L. You don't see it often, but you know, it is, it is Champions League. So that was that there. Uh, as far as high scoring matches go, obviously we spoke about Milan, we spoke about Man City. Um, just between those two matches, that's a, uh, you know, nine five. That's what, thirteen. Is my math off? Thirteen or fourteen goals in just those two 14 matches. Fourteen goals. I throw in six more to make it twenty. Love that. Ajax five, Sporting one. Sebastian Ayer in his debut nets four goals for Ajax in a washing of the Portuguese champions. A lot of goddamn goals. <laughs> now, that, was one of the, that was one of the matches that was kind of over before it began. Ajax was in cruise control off the rip. Um, I think the one thing I got to say about this is West Ham United probably like, fam, could you come back? <laughs> I mean, as soon as they got rid of him, he scored that wild bicycle goal kick for West Ham last season. Goes to Ajax and then does this. So that's quite a lot of Sam Sebastian who Ajax forgot to include in their Europa League roster last season after they got him. It might if they had done that sooner. He probably would have put up those four pieces at the Europa League, but he's doing it in the Champions League. And I think we could say of all the performances this weekend, his might have been the best of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, – well, obviously, four goals, it's really hard to compete with or argue with. He's uh, st- top On his scorer. debut. Yeah, on his debut. That's incredible. Uh, so he's, he's top he's top scorer. I guess there would, you could argue that there have been – there are or were moments that maybe could compete with that. But, yeah, I absolutely um, – I mean, top scorer at the moment, four goals in one match. Love to see that. I would also put up Jude Bellingham's name into the consideration of players who had a great Champions League because it was his show and we were all watching it. Dortmund 2, Besik just won. Erling Haaland also scored for BVB. Absolutely. I mean, that that was one of the matches that I I began watching uh, on Wednesday before I tuned into the the AC Milan-Liverpool match. Uh, The the thing about that match, I think that really got me was Jude Bellingham from the midfield uh, scored one goal. He scored the opening goal of the match. He could have had maybe two or three. The chance that he had that just didn't bury. There was one specifically where he got into the box, beat two defenders, um, and you know squares it, and boom, hits the keeper. Keeper makes a decent save, but uh, yeah, he, he was looking to make a, a statement out of Besiktas, and uh, really, you know, he's not even twenty yet, hasn't even cracked. I think he still might be eighteen. So BBB, I mean, really cashing out on their young guys. Erling Haaland on that on that terror that we expected him to be on this season. For the most part, Dortmund did look very much in control of that match. Besiktas got a late goal, and um, I think there was about seven minutes extra time. So you kind of had like the small feeling like, can they get another one to kind of make this interesting? But in reality, it was the Dortmund show, and specifically, as you mentioned, Ronnie, the Jude Bellingham show. Um, that was mainly it for the um, Wednesday's fixtures. I should mention one more match. Um, over in Group D, we spoke last week about uh, Reno 911 Sheriff FC, their first ever Champions League campaign. They got to play the Champions League mainstays, Shakhtar Donetsk. Donetsk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you could have assumed or maybe figured that it would have been Shakhtar and keep it pushing, but, you know, Sheriff had some different plans as Adama Traore, not the one you're thinking of, got to go off to start things <laughs> off. And Shakhtar, however, I think. Just it wasn't their night. They had um, 75% possession total in the match, 20 shots. Um, 
and 17 corners just to give you sort of a picture of what they could have scored uh but laid a big goose egg as sheriff uh scored another goal courtesy of momo yansane in the 62nd minute wrap things up two nil they're top of the group in group d in their first ever champions league campaign after one match let's see how long it lasts yes sir the transnistrian people are asking us to stop the count because they are a top real madrid did pick up a dub they left it very late which oh, yeah. something they've been doing this week rodrigo in the 89th beating inter milan one nothing inter finds themselves out of the champions league yet again if we stop the count today yeah inter milan uh, in a very highly contested match real madrid wearing those lovely uh white and blue shirts i just can't i can't stop complimenting them they're really nice but um, i don't know the shirt today against valencia but that's neither here nor there neither here nor there yes you're right i think that's been the tale of their season we mentioned uh last week how they had to come back and uh, ended up you know destroying Celta vigo they uh had to come back to draw ibar um and we'll get to what they did this week but yeah real madrid uh, being the comeback kings if you will or just you know leaving things as late as possible this season but they did get the w right. tuesday was really highlighted by a couple of results the first one was a drubbing of barcelona three nothing by bayern munich a Lewandowski brace and a Thomas Muller goal. This is all coming on the heels of Ronald Koeman talking about that he's the man for this job. Oof. You know, him having a little beef with Joan Laporta, and then this happens. Yeah, straight ass whooping. Uh, you shouldn't have spoke so soon, Ronald Koeman. I mean, I kind of like the energy personally, but I guess, you know, it just wasn't meant to be as Bayern Munich came to whip that ass. Um, the funny thing about this match was it seemed like the post <laughs> The post uh, looked like a modern-day uh, Zinedine Zidane. Two assists from the post, if I'm counting. Um, both of Lewandowski's goals came courtesy of a shot that was deflected off the post, and he was the first man to respond to it. Uh, got his little brace there. Um, another interesting tidbit um, was uh, seeing Serge Gnabry back after a pretty, pretty brief injury stint. He was out the weekend uh, midway through last weekend's match um as jamal musiala made the start but now we did come back on wearing his little braids looking cute <laughs> um thinking of how people look you mentioned to me was it jordi alba who looked absolutely pooped Hoo-wee. jordi alba looked like the grim reaper had come and taketh him fam <laughs> looked finished my boy looked like he ran the marathons that luis enrique be talking about six marathons in six days he looked like he did the New York City bikeathon, the the turnstile hopping challenge. I don't know, fam. He looked dead tired. Uh, <laughs> it's, gets subbed out, and uh, the camera pans to him. The cameraman ain't shit, Ronnie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cameraman points to uh, Jordi Alba. And he's uh, breathing through his mouth. Fam looked like he had COVID. I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, rest up, Jordi Alba. Drink some water. Get some electrolytes, cause fam. He. I thought it was Pedri for a second. Boy looked like he was tired as hell, making it made a crazy run just before he was subbed off. It amounted to nothing as they lose 3-0. Uh, Lewandowski does that weird little celebration he does with the crossing his hands and whatnot. Neither here nor there. The other there matchup the- of note on Tuesday was Manchester United playing away from home in Switzerland to the young boys. And, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his first Champions League goal for Man United in long time. 
That was followed shortly thereafter by a red card for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, young boys drew level in the second half. And then, very late, Theosin Jordan Sibetchu Pifok with <laughs> the winner. <laughs> Courtesy AKA of that, Jesse Lingard. The AKA that guy, because I'm not pronouncing that name. <laughs> yes, courtesy of Jesse Lingard, who had a howler of a mistake. <sighs> Sad to see after uh, scoring in that route of Newcastle the weekend prior, uh, Jesse Lingard was the subject of criticism after coming on uh, late and then making a huge mistake. Um, I mean, you could argue it wasn't just his fault because um, – Young boys were absolutely on point. As soon as, as soon as United got that red card, it was the young boys show. Jesse Lingard came on, and it seemed like the rest of the team shut off. And unfortunately, he was the he was the one who made that mistake. And hey, young boys capitalized on that. Win two. The running and... joke. The running joke is that they played like grown men. Yeah, but them. The running joke on social media. But it's true. Young boys had themselves quite the game, though. Absolutely, they they. Took it to United. I mean, I mean, first things first, they were home. And um, I guess they used that energy because as soon as they, like I said, as soon as that red card came, they looked like the team most likely to score, despite Ronaldo getting a goal kind of be, be, being sort of inevitable. Um, which, interestingly enough, the goal was assisted by Bruno Fernandes. Allegedly, they hate each other. I don't know. But neither here nor there because young boys didn't care um, as they, you know, got the W. And I love the uh what's going on here with manchester united the tail of the take is sort of uh anything that goes wrong uh all of a sudden we got some questions for all the gunner show scars <laughs> and i mean in all with. in all fairness as much as we shit on Oli gunner i'm not sure if it was entirely on him yeah i mean uh look like young boys came to play and, and and cristiano ronaldo came to play but that was pretty much it um and yeah i actually do have some praise coming for Oli gunner later on but we'll get to that not really, not much really to talk about. Romelu Lukaku scored for Chelsea against Zenit, the most convincing of one nothings, I guess. Yeah, that game was what you can call pretty slow. Zenit did have some chances. Chelsea defended pretty well, and Lukaku finished things off. A very Chelsea-esque match. They win one 0 and they have three points to begin their Champions League campaign. Unlike Manchester United, um, and a couple other teams, uh, not named Juventus, who uh, gave Malmo, you could call it the beats. Ah, that's Malmo. Fair enough. Ronnie Ronnie won't celebrate it yet. It's all good. They, they win 3-0 as they top uh, Group H there. I do want to mention um, that Sevilla and Albi Salzburg was just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. All uh, these penalties that occurred in the first half, like, shit. Yeah, two penalties in the first half. A red card just after the beginning of the second half. Um, 18 fouls from Sevilla, 16 fouls from RB Leipzig. So uh, eight yellow cards in total, and obviously the red card we just mentioned. So, yeah, it was some smoke in that match. It was some absolute smoke as they share. They shared smoke and they shared points. So, you know, neither here nor there. They both finished with one point to begin the Champions League campaign. That was uh, pretty much it in terms of notables. Uh, I Really quickly, uh, Villarreal Atalanta, the reigning Europa League champions of Villarreal, uh, just would not sit down and lay down um, as they came back uh, to go up 2-1 versus Atalanta. Uh, Atalanta would then tie things up 
make the match 2-2. Um, and so, yeah, that was a pretty entertaining fixture to see. Um, they also both have one point. We, we shall see what that what comes of that group, a very level group, if you ask me. But that was mostly the Champions League uh, smoke for uh, this past uh, week. Europa League also uh, did occur on Thursday, if you care. Uh, me, personally, I don't care why you ask, because my team isn't in the Europa League, unfortunately. They're in the league under the Europa League. But um, one quick thing on the Europa League, one game that to me stood out. I mean, yeah, um, Leicester City and Napoli drew 2-2. Same result between PSV and Real Sociedad. Um, West Ham winning 2-0 away to Zagreb. But the one result that stood out to me was Real Betis at home to Celtic. Um, mm -hmm. Celtic goes up. Two nothing early in the first half, and they give that shit up easily. Um, yeah, Juan Miranda through. and Juanmi scoring literally one right after the other to make it two two at the half before Juanmi scores again to make it three two, and then Borja Iglesias makes it four two. Celtic just bent over to Real Betis. They do score another one before full-time, but it wasn't enough. 4-3, Real Betis over Celtic. Celtic will be a BS of the Week candidate just off that result. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Oh, another mm. result quickly. Galatasaray 1, Lazio 0. And, yeah, that's Europa League. Yeah. Uh, I really have just two things to mention in the Conference League, specifically a lot of teams that nobody's ever heard of, but that's neither here nor there. Like Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, that's exactly that's actually exactly what I was thinking of. How did you know? Um, <laughs> Lucky speak, guess. Speaking of the Tottenham that no one's ever heard of, they drew two two to Ren on Thursday uh, with goals coming or oh, a really nice goal coming from Flavian Tate uh, in the twenty third minute uh, and all, before Ren scored an own goal. Uh, Hoybier would level things for Spurs after uh, Gaetan Laborde's goal. Really competitive match. The crowd was there and uh, it was what it was match finished 2-2 but the next uh fixture that i want to speak about jose Mourinho's roma uh just kind of rolling over cska sofia where we saw lorenzo pellegrini score a wonderful little curler where he wasn't even moving just kind of waited for the ball to bounce down kicked it it looked like a golf uh swing curled into the top of the net uh, after graham carey scored the opening goal for cska sofia um but after that opening goal would be the roma show as stefan el sharawi Every time I see his name, it's like, fam, you're still there. Crazy. Mourinho brings him back, and he scores for him. Pellegrini gets another one in the 62nd minute. Gianluca Mancini gets another one. And then the new man from Chelsea, Tammy Abraham, bangs one out in the 84th. Jose Mourinho's Roma uh, steamroll CSKA, Sofia, 5-1. Um, that's, really that's really all I got for, the, for that league that they call the Conference League. I did want to, you know, say that. I still have high expectations for Union Berlin. They lost to Slavia Praha 3-1. Um, I still think they will make it out their group. I think they'll have a they'll they'll forge a, little, a nice little mini run in the conference league. If I had to choose a final four off the cuff, Spurs, Roma, Union Berlin, and I will even put Partizan Belgrade in there. A random final four. If I'm coming out the Azure, those will be my four. I was going to say, you're being quite generous for a team that nobody's ever heard of. 
Um, hey, man, their next opponents, Tottenham, will be Mura oh, man, and not Lucas. The battle of teams nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, I think Roma, Roma look like to be favorites. Uh, Spurs, I think, will be in there as well. Um, but to be fair, I don't care. Um, yeah, you're dreading this competition, as has been documented. Yeah, and it continues to drag on, but neither here nor there. This man will be the saddest man to ever win a trophy if Spurs get the job done. Again, Ronnie, being generous as it gets, you better than me. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, they, they have won UEFA trophies before, so you know. That's true. But that was before my father was a liquid nut. But, <clears throat> anywho, <laughs> on to the weekend's matches. The Premier League was back in full swing on Friday, courtesy of Newcastle and Leeds United. They... Can I talk about how beautiful those Leeds United kits are? Yeah, I was going to say the little violet that they got. It's really the, 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 the shorts don't really do it for me, but the top is so beautiful. Yeah, that nice little purple, violet, whatever you want to call it. Lilac. I would buy that when it's on the cheap, of course, but I would buy that. There we go. Alibaba. No, I say Alibaba. I just have a Bible on the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> They'll misspell Adidas on purpose. I don't want that. <laughs> well, the match finished 1-1. Steve Bruce's men can't buy a win if they tried. But uh, Bielsa's men also kind of interrupt, starting the season off quite slowly. Uh, yeah, it has been a slow start for Leeds. Yeah, with uh, Rafinha getting the long goal for Leeds and then uh, absolutely burgering another chance midway through the first half. Um, and then, of course, for Newcastle, the one, the only. He's not Ronnie, but he's Alan St. Maximin. That man scored a Sergio Aguero-esque goal, uh, pulled into the box, faked six defenders, shot fake. He did the, uh, on FIFA, he did the B-A, 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 shot fake, shot fake, shot fake, and then fired into the bottom of the, uh, bottom corner of the left-handed side of the net, making things 1-1. Both goals scored before the uh, first half whistle blew, and in the second half was a bunch of uh, half chances, if you will. Um, both teams couldn't get it off, and you knew it was over for Newcastle. When Jolinton was playing, um, you sure you sure can believe that there wasn't going to be a goal coming from those guys, or from him specifically. But match finishes 1-1 there on Friday to kick things off in the Premier League. Speaking of goals not coming... Man City used all their goals against Leipzig because they couldn't do shit against Southampton. It, it was the uh, the go the tale of two goose eggs as there wasn't a goal in sight. Uh, Man City, notably, I mean, last weekend in the Premier League, they went 1-0. This weekend, they scored no goals. So something interesting in with regards to their finishing. They did spend the entire summer chasing a striker. Um, so maybe their striker role was starting to show here going into the season. I mean, it is a bit early. But, uh, yeah, not a goal in sight, uh, although Man City, yet again, completing well over 500 passes, having well over 65% of possession, um, you know, uh, 16 shots, only one on target, though. Um, yeah, as the match finishes, nil-nil. Ronnie said it best. Used all their goals in the midweek over Leipzig. Let's stay on this game for a little bit, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, Let's talk about it. The war between Pep Guardiola and the citizens. What is going on here? It looks like a, a rap beef or something like that. Guardiola talking about, I said what I said. You're going to get these bars. Uh, you, you know, you don't see the large picture. You, you know, you're not no gangster. You're just another lost nigga, something like that. I don't know where this is coming well, from. Pep was saying that he wanted people at the Etihad 
for the game against Southampton, and he, you know, he wanted more fans to support them in the Champions League, and the supporters took that as, oh, so you're saying fuck us? <laughs> I think it was Spencer, or it might have been you or Spencer who said that City fans are very fickle. Yeah, it showed. Might, might have been Spencer, but uh, shit, he, I don't think he's lying. Because Guardiola talking about, I'm looking into the stands, I see empty sections. He says, what is the, what's going on? We need your support. He said, we need your support. And then City fans said, what, what that mean, fam? What you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) Cue the uh, Drewski meme. What do you mean by that? For context, Uh, allegedly, the stadium was about 20,000 empty against Leipzig, but what does that mean, though? Like, you still had a decent fan showing. All he's saying, you know, we want more of you guys to come to the game, and they took it as, what, 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 what are you trying to say? Like you said. But, like, I don't know, man. They, they man took City this shit really personally. <laughs> man City fans like, what you say about my mama? <laughs> I was thinking about saying that, but I'm glad you said it before I did. I, I tried to get, I'm signing with Guardiola, to be honest with you. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. I agree. I agree. The Champions League night. Uh, 20,000 fans short. Let's just break it down. Sit Etihad Stadium, 55,000 capacity, right? So if 20,000 fans don't show up, that's around 30,000, you know, 32,000, whatever. Um, that's a lot of empty seats, and it's a Champions League night. You want to create the atmosphere. This is one of the biggest clubs in the world. They made it to a final last season. Clearly, they have one of the best coaches in the world, top three players in the world. I mean, I don't know what the fans are thinking. They're taking things for granted. And it wasn't like they were playing Club Rouge or they were playing, not no disrespect, Club Rouge. It's not like they wasn't playing FC Sheriff. This was RB Leipzig, a team who finished second in the champ- in the um, Bundesliga last year, who's given teams a run for their money, who gave City a run for their money at you know certain points. And I would argue, was it last season? Um, so this wasn't no, you know, random fixture. This was a top tier Champions League match. Um, and, you know, Man City fans said, fuck it. It's the day one of the Champions League. They don't want to add to the ambiance of the Etihad. They don't want to make it a fortress like some of the classic places we know, uh, you know, Old, Old Trafford being one of them, Anfield being Speaking another. of those classic places, one of the Manchester City, like, supporters, like, I think he's like, he runs a supporters group or whatever the fuck. He pretty much threw shots at Manchester United and Liverpool talking about, oh, no, they mainly fill their stadium with tourist fans. We don't do that. I know tourist fans when I see it. I mean, we know tourist fans when we see it. I'm not going to name names, but we know who we're talking about, Ovi, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for, you know, as I mentioned, like, fam, there's clubs that are dying to play in the Champions League. I know Leicester fans are dying to play in the Champions League. Again. You know, they, would they had that one taste, and they want it again. Like they're they're dealing with the Europa League. They filled their stadium for the Europa League. Yes, yeah, it was maybe, smaller. It was a smaller right. venue, but still. Maybe they don't want it bad enough, uh, considering how they finished uh, both uh, last season and the season before. But yeah, they're teams that are dying to play in the Champions League. Uh, I think every night is special, and that's what makes places like, you know, for example, Spencer's Liverpool Anfield special. Uh, I think we spoke about it off the uh, off the pod, but you know. Even the players react to it. You know, you, you always hear about Champions League nights at Anfield. They're crazy. And, you know, the, the players, i.e. for me, Andy Andy Robertson, he, he turns into a different animal in the Champions League. You feel him, you know, take the energy from the fans who are just happy to be there to support their club. 
I mean, it's a it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, really. I mean, for City, not really, because you know they're going to be in it for the foreseeable future as long as we know, as long right. as they're spending money. But it's the it's the fact that you're taking it for granted. Don't take that shit for granted. And I think that's what Guardiola was trying to get to. That was the root of what he was trying to say. And the fans was like, "Fam, what you call my mama?" You know, really gave him the smoke for it. So um, I thought one I more thing on this, and it has to do with Guardiola a little bit. He was basically talking about, look, if you guys can come, you can come. If you guys can't, I'm not forcing you to. It's up to y'all at the end of the day. And he also said something along the lines of, yo, if I become a problem for you guys, I'm about to, I'll dip. Yeah, I'll he leave. Was, he don't give two shits. I mean, he will it will look back on his career. Not a, yet another Champions League-list team since Barcelona. But I'm sure he'll be all right. You know, he's making teams better and better. He gets paid out the ass. He'll be fine. Uh, and Man City, obviously, I think will also be fine. They're going to continue to spend money. But, I mean, that good on him for standing on something like that. You know, you you need the club culture. And th that just drives the club forward. You know, you know, one the first thing is, you know, your performance on the field. The second thing is the culture, you know, from the fans, uh, your stadium, you know, your grounds, all that stuff. Like, that that matters. And Champions League nights, you want teams to come to City and be like, fuck, I don't want to play in Etihad. Their fans go crazy. But you know, but now they're saying, "Oh, I want to play an empty head." Yeah. Oh, but um, tsh, Ronnie two for two with the thing jerks right now. Again, Ooh. social media. Big ups to social media. But yeah, so you know, Etihad fans like, yo, that's too many open seats on a Champions League night. I don't care who you're playing. I mean, I guess as, once you're established, I'm. I, I want to be realistic. If you're playing a club that realistically should lose, I mean, it's all right, but. These group A is it has incredible fixtures. PSG is in that group. Leipzig is another one. It's almost made it the group of death. So there's a lot to be played for in that group. So I feel like the fans should be enjoying those. You know, forget the away nights. You know, your home games will be very enjoyable. But like hey, Chelsea yeah, sold out Stanford Bridge against Zenit. Yeah, Zenit is a different animal than Leipzig. One could say, but still, they sold out. Yeah, absolutely. But there's another caveat to it as well. I mean, RB Leipzig, you can consider a ca another cash cow club, two cash cow clubs playing each other. Maybe, you know, not much culture there. Who knows? But but yeah. it's a cash cow club that is pretty good, though. Absolutely. And so, I mean, albeit this season, they have not been off to a good start. But still, like, if we're going off last season sure, and, the, yeah. and the talent they have, yeah, yeah. like, still absolutely. a good team. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... I feel like if you have the chance, what better than to watch two good teams go at it? The game finished six to three. That is a that is like a downright classic match to watch, you know. <laughs> and if you're asking me, I would rather watch the Leipzig game over the Southampton game if I were a City supporter, which, by the way, I'm not. But still, I'm saying, in the Man City Man City Southampton game. Uh, attendance was fifty two thousand, just three thousand shy of the full capacity, right? So, I mean, that match finishes nil-nil, and you miss the chance to watch a match that goes six to three. It's nine goals in 90 minutes. Your team wins. So many memorable moments. Jack Grealish gets his first Champions League goal. Nathan Nake scores after his father passes away, like, or minutes after that. Like, just moments like that. And having the crowd there to big you up in those moments is all the more special. Christopher Nkuku on the away side, you know, scoring a hat trick. Like these are just these are classic moments when it comes down to it, and so I mean, why would you want to miss that? I don't know, but hey, listen, man, my team is in the Conference League. What can I say? And watch Spurs Stadium get packed for the Muda game, and if it doesn't, I get it, it's Muda, but still, watch. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. So we shall see. But you know what I mean. So yeah, fix that shit, man. Champions League, don't take it for granted before they switch up to this coefficient shit. And you know, there'll be a time where the Champions League might not be what it used to be, and we're slowly headed in that direction. So don't take it for granted, y'all, before suffering comes and takes it for granted, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, neither here nor there. But I mean, yeah, as we mentioned. Uh, Man City, Southampton, to get to round things back up, finishes nil-nil, uh, and um, literally City get two shots on target. Um, Saints get one shot on target. Ridiculous stuff. Um, thought they had a penalty. Kyle Walker was given a red card. Jonathan Moss overturns both the red card and the penalty. Raheem Sterling scores a winner in injury time and then was deemed offsides. So a lot happened in that match. But the scoreline did not reflect it. Uh, moving forward in that, uh, one of my other favorite matches of the week, Manchester United versus West Ham. I didn't mention it because I mentioned Man United last week. And I'm not trying to give United mad kudos. But, um, yeah, this was uh, seemed to be the Ronaldo show yet again, although West Ham did sort of control the match in the beginning stages. Uh, looked like they were likely to score a goal first. And, of course, you guessed it. They did actually score the goal first, courtesy of Saeed Ben Rama, uh, the former Brentford man. Ben Rama. From from there, uh, I, it, there's just this this aura, and I think I heard it mentioned on the Football Daily, who we love. And it's not the Football Misfits, but it's the Football Daily. Um, that there's this sort of inevitability about Cristiano Ronaldo playing back in the Premier League, especially against teams not named the Big Six or the Big Five or the Big whatever you want to call them. There's some sort of inevitability in the fact that he's going to score a goal at some point. And just five minutes after Ben Rama scores, Ronaldo gets in there like, yeah, let me get one back. Um, and so just kind of restoring that feeling that Man United haven't had for quite a long time. But even after that point, West Ham really took it to him. And it was it was the West Ham show, but it became a, the former West Ham man, or Loney, if you will, uh, the, the true and true United man, Jesse Lingard's show, as he was subbed on late on in the match and took things over and scored it quite the goal in the 89th minute to take the lead. And from there it was 2-1, United about to bag three points, not despite not playing the best in that, that away shirt that they wore uh, in the loss to Young Boys. But they're up 2-1 in the 89th. It looks like it's all but over at the London Stadium where they blow bubbles when they score, y'all. Never get over that. It's crazy. A bunch of grown-ass men blowing bubbles. Shit's <laughs> crazy. But um, it wasn't over as there was some late drama. Man United, uh, Foul in the box as West Ham gets a penalty in injury time, the 90 plus fourth. And I think this is where we might have had uh, some issues as David Moyes subs on the old man, Mark Noble, the most loyal club player in the five, in the top five leagues in Europe. Um, Mr. West Ham, Mark Noble, calls him up just to take the penalty. And without warming up, without doing anything, he goes to the spot kick. And you think maybe he might bury it, takes a decent penalty. It's Nope, lift it up into the right. Maybe not the best penalty, to be fair. And David De Gea, a.k.a. I don't save penalties, does what? Saves the penalty. <laughs> there are some questions, I guess, for uh, David Moyes or maybe Mark Noble for taking the shit penalty, but also not having even a second to stretch. His first touch was a penalty kick, y'all, in injury time. But David De Gea saves United in injury time. They get the three points. Ole Gunnar Shoskar. Uh, and this is probably one of the only times you might hear me give him props, unless, of course, he continues to do well. Um, Shoshgar made the right substitutions um, at the right times, brought on Jaden Sancho, uh, subbed out Mason Greenwood. He uh, subbed out uh, Pogba at a point, and we were like, what's going on? Brings on Jesse Lingard, who scores the eventual winner. 
So kudos to the show, Scar. There was a lot of questions that me personally I had. I can't speak for anybody else uh, in regards to his, uh, I guess, man. Or, I guess game management when things aren't working his way. I mean, making, it's every week, but okay, continue. Right. But making the substitutions that are required or making the tactical changes that are required in order to influence the match in a positive way. And to be fair, in this match, he made some substitutions and they did what they were supposed to do. If they didn't, we'd probably be giving him shit, but they did, so I got to give him credit. <laughs> got to give um, him credit. Lingard scores the winning goal and uh, United get their three points. Lingard with the redemption. Love to see that. And I think, I'm not, I, I don't know if I want to give Shoskar credit for that. Maybe you can give Lingard some credit for not pushing to go back to West Ham because we remember last season at West Ham, he was their main man. Him and Thomas Suchek in the midfield with Declan Rice, he was getting goals out the ass. But, you know, Chim staying true to being a United player, training in the academy, staying there. Shoskar maybe saying, yo, you could, you know, we're gonna, we, have, we have you included in our plans. And that stuff kind of working out. He scores two weeks in a row uh, in the Premier League. Let's see if he continues his fine form because he really hasn't stopped since playing for West Ham. I think he wants to get back into that England squad, but we shall see what's up with him. But yeah, scores the winning goal. United win two one, and that's a uh, six out of six points out of six for Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. In the Premier League. In the Premier League, I shall say, because uh, he's got um, a big own one in the Champions League, courtesy <laughs> of <Liverpool>. So speaking <laughs> of O's, though, you want to talk about it? Nah, I'm good. Actually, yeah, of course. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, you know what? You can go ahead because I, I just I can't do this. Again, um, I saw highlights of this. This is all. That's all the knowledge that I have. We're talking Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea today at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the old, the new White Hart Lane, rather. Um, yeah, after an uneventful first half. Chelsea got off to the second half early. Thiago Silva scoring in the 49th. N'Golo Conte was subbed on by Chelsea. You know, not Chelsea's best player last season, but, you know, who am I to judge? He grabs a goal himself in the 57th minute, pretty much sealing the deal for Chelsea. Yes, there might have been chances after that. Antonio Rudiger does put the dent into this one, 3 nothing Chelsea, and that would be the final score. Tottenham Hotspur, a team who began the season unbeaten going into the international break, now find themselves on nine points, still in seventh place. Chelsea are now the leaders of the pack. 13 points tied with Liverpool and United on points, but the goal difference... Is what has them over Liverpool and Man United. Brighton are also in the top four on 12 points. And yeah, that was the London Derby for you. Um, yeah, it is interesting uh, with regards to Chelsea being top of the league. I feel like Liverpool scores three goals every every other weekend. So that's interesting to see. But um, <laughs> that's actually the quite true. Leeds, Crystal Palace. Yeah, they, they have to three every other week, but it's okay. Um, Chelsea, uh, two points on the Chelsea game for me. Uh, Spurs in the first half were dominant, which was crazy to think about. Um, I think there was two factors that really finished things off for Spurs. Tengi and Dombele, uh looked like he was tired after 35 minutes. And then N'Golo Kante, who never gets tired, gets subbed on. Uh, and that kind of patched things up. 
But yeah, Spurs uh, after going uh, three games, three wins, no goals conceded. Go two goal, two games, six goals conceded, no goals four. Uh, going into the North London Derby, oh man, interesting. I'm not sure who should be more scared, me or Nuno Espirito Santo, but neither here nor there. I think uh, that pretty much does it for the Premier League. Actually, I should mention Arsenal did get yet another W, beat Burnley, one nil, courtesy of a Martin Odegaard goal. They play Spurs next weekend in the North London Derby at the Emirates, and a win for them would be absolutely terrible for me. But that's neither here nor there. As I, as I always say, maybe I say too much, but um, I guess we can move on to... I want to talk Bundesliga. I was going to say Bundesliga next. On the weekend, Bayern Munich played Bochum, a match that finished in an absolute throbbing 7 nothing. Bayern wore their special edition Oktoberfest kits in September. Don't know what that means. That's all cute and all, but I want to talk about the gaffer, Julian Nagelsmann. Talk about it. All these ideas of changing footy. Why? Julian Nagelsmann wants to make footy more like American footy, NFL footy. He said football needs to stop hiding behind tradition and has to revolutionize itself. American football is much more technologically advanced than football. The quarterback has an earpiece and listens to his coach. We absolutely need something like that. Keyword, absolutely. As a football coach, you could achieve a great deal with something like that. Um, we only have halftime to talk tactics with our players, added Nagelsmann. The question here is, does Julian Nagelsmann have a point, or is this BS of the week worthy? It sounds like he must have had a conversation with Arsene Wenger. I don't know where this is coming from. Yep. Um, all this four <laughs> All this forward thinking mumbo jumbo. I think the fact that what makes so soccer or footy different than American football is just that. Like, why you want an earpiece in the, in the midfielder's ear, the captain's ear? Like, I'm doing the most, fam. The game is the game because, you know, that's the way it's played. If he calls it hiding behind tradition, that's exactly what I'm doing, fam. <laughs> so I'm good off all of that forward thinking jive. Now, my question is. He seems to be a fan of the NFL. Who do you think he's a? Who, what what team do you think he supports? Um, I know Bayern had like a connection with the Kansas City Chiefs a few years back. Um, God damn it! But that was pre Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann looks a lot like a um, Chicago Bear supporter, if you asked me. I was gonna say he's a Cowboys fan. Nah, he's not conceded. At least not conceded enough. Um, he definitely looks like he's a fan of a team who sucks. Maybe the Bears or the Lions. I don't know. The Texans for sure. J yeah, the Texans. That is a Texans post JJ Watt. That's a booty ass team. But anywho, yeah, name no, but he says this. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he says this. I don't know if he's been watching a lot of NFL. He's only thirty four, so I don't know if age is also part of this. Or like he's hiding behind his age, the way football's hiding behind tradition. I don't know, man. Uh, this is all very boneheaded. Like, what made, what possessed this man to to say all this? I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like he has a Sunday ticket. You got to chill off that, bro. You got a season to win, bro. Stop watching that Sunday ticket. 
Oh, yes. Um, did want to quickly acknowledge that. Dortmund, 4-2 winners over Union Berlin. Erling Haaland with another crazy-ass goal, scoring it in the 83rd minute. And Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt ended 1-1. Um, Sam Lammers for Eintracht and my boy Wout for Wolfsburg, who, despite the draw, fall to second in the Bundesliga. Damn. Bayern now take top spot with a hefty goal difference. And odds are they're probably going to stay there. Uh-oh. So, man. Yep. Uh, so, big ups to Wolfsburg, the one-week champions of the uh, Bundesliga. Love to see it. I mentioned Juventus and Milan. Um, that was the match of the weekend in Serie A. Inter watched Bologna 6-1. Um, Atalanta beats Salernitana, who have yet to pick up a point. I love saying that name, by the way, Salernitana. I watched that game, actually. It was kind of boring. Duvan Zapata got the long goal later on. But, uh, yeah, I just saying Salernitana the entire time. With, They're with going like, back with, to Serie A B by the looks of it. Yeah, I just so keep saying say it as much as you can. I keep saying it with the uh, the uh, Italian hands, I guess if you want to call it that. Oh, it's fucking guy, Salernitana. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lazio and Cagliari two two, and yeah, that's pretty much it for Serie A. Oh, Roma lost to Elas Verona. Yeah, finally losing, and that drops them down to third place, although they're only one point off of the top, uh, a.k.a. Inter Milan, who sit there on goal difference. AC Milan also tied on points uh, with 10. But Roma, yeah, just uh, behind them with nine, tied with Napoli and Fiorentina. So it's it's a close battle at the moment, obviously, after four matches, not much there. But how would Jose Mourinho react uh, to losing to Verona, Elas Verona? I don't know. A lot of teams are playing in the midweek, so... Their next matchup is against Udinese before this next weekend against Lazio in the Derby de la Capital. So we shall see how he reacts. Maybe, maybe he'll he'll get right back on the ball. Yeah, not not an easy match at all. Udinese are our uh, you know Serie A mainstays. Never an easy match to play. Uh, it seems like you know maybe Roma might be having issues with depth in regards to the Conference League. They did have a huge win. Yeah, we'll see how re- re- Mourinho reacts there to that. Um, Quick league on points. Len and Lille. This match was on some bullshit off rip. <laughs> when before the match even started, and when the players come out, the Len fans had a huge ass tifo that pretty much said Lille is shit, and shit they were because they lost one nothing in the That's match. Hilarious. That is hilarious. Also, at halftime of this match, the Len fans stormed the pitch to confront the Lil supporters on the other side of the pitch. Why? Because they're the champions and they're rivals. That's why. Um, yeah, crowd control and league un- don't go together, apparently. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, PSG, Messi's weird face that he had when he was subbed off. It could have been anything, but Marca reported it and made sure to note that it was a... Uh, it was a. Uh, a puzzled expression, quote unquote. Very puzzled. Like, why does happen to me of? But this comes after um, a favorite of the pod, Lucas Paqueta, scored in the 54th. Um, Neymar leveled it on a penalty, and Mr. Studio Girl, not in a good way, Mauro Icardi, 
with the winner. Mr. Theogir, oh, <laughs> your trigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can move on to uh, La Liga then. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's get into La Liga. Um, Real Madrid, uh, the comeback kings, uh, continue to be top of the well, not continue, finally take top of the table after uh, having a late ass win over Valencia, as we saw Vini Jr. Uh, tie the game at 1-1 after Hugo Duro's 66-minute goal. And then the man of the moment, his name is not Eden Hazard. Of course it's not. Uh, it's Karim Benzema scoring in the 88th to bag the winner. Madrid now sit atop the table, 13 points. Atletico Madrid, obviously you might be wondering why they're not top of the table. Well, it's because they played Athletic Club, got a red card courtesy of Joao Felix, and didn't score a goal as as not, as uh, Athletic Club didn't as well. Match finished nil nil. Uh, it was a whole lot of nothing. Um, Madrid take the top spot. Barcelona have yet to play. They will play. We're recording on Sunday. They play on Monday. But even if they do win, uh, will they go top spot? Not even close. Why you ask? Because they're currently sitting in tenth place on seven points. Yeah. A win would see them move up to fifth place uh, or actually fourth, just ahead of Sociedad on goal differential. But yeah, they far off the top spot. Valencia definitely had the game in their hands before they collapsed. And, um, yeah, Vinny Jr., the man who nobody wanted to pass the ball to on their mom's lives. I said this in the group chat. He's one of the guys carrying Real Madrid now. Yeah, he, he's the big dog for Madrid, it seems. Uh, I, I would say two-headed dog because Karen Benzema is clearly the big man on campus. Uh, continuing his fine form from last season and also into the summertime in the Euros. Uh, continuing to be on that bullshit. And Vinny Jr., I think it's funny because Benzema was the guy saying, yo, don't pass him the fucking ball. And now That's he's what I'm guy, saying. And now he's the guy uh, on the same time as Benzema as uh, we don't know what time Eden Hazard is on. He's in the drive-thru talking about, yo, let me get him a chicken with Mac sauce. Well done. He's Hot on three to five minutes for your burger time. <laughs> <laughs> he said, let me get a uh, McDouble with Mac sauce as well. Make it a mini Big Mac. Let me get the cookie and the uh, apple pie. Uh, sweet tea for a dollar. Uh, so you know what type of time he's on. But yeah, Madrid take yet another W uh, late on or from a comeback position. Yeah, the comeback kids, the top of the table. As <laughs> Atletico Madrid are going to have to figure that one out. But uh, I think that uh, does it as far as... Spencer is unmuted. Spence, go ahead. I hope this, I mean, again, the comeback kids, I hope this keeps going. Again, it's early days, but Vinicius is starting to come into his own. He stayed, he fought, he was. He came in really young, but now it's starting to pay off. Uh, they're, they're playing really well. At least they're playing well enough to win. <laughs> the, hopefully they, they keep going and then they can keep bringing the wins home and then hopefully we get another league title. But I'm just happy early on to get the wins and we'll go from here. Early days, early days in the season. Early days indeed, and a win is a win is a win is a win. Um, yes, albeit in comeback fashion. Now, if they had Chick-fil-A in Madrid, do you think Hazard would be out there? Oh, man. I've been, I've been saying McDonald's this whole time. There was Chick-fil-A? Well, I guess it depends because Sundays they close. You might have to play on a Sunday. <laughs> so, I don't know. You can, you can count Saturdays out for sure. No way in hell. He's, he's getting the mac and cheese, putting it with the nuggets, making a secret menu item, getting the frosty lemonade thing, getting a number two deluxe pepper jack cheese. 
Uh, and then they ask him what drink he wants, he's gonna say, not water. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, not going on for By the way, we spoke about this off the pod, but I'm, I might as well just say it right now. Chick-fil-A cookies are busting. Spencer, I don't know what you're missing out on, but those are amazing. Hazard would definitely be a fan of them shits at Madrid if they, you know, expanded their business entity to Spain, but besides yeah. the point. Don't let uh, don't let uh, Ancelotti catch him eating them shits because he's gonna be like, boy, that is some bullshit. And then he's gonna say, let me get a piece. Yo, matter of fact, oh, let me get some of that, bro. Wait, 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 Elvi, you said the word bullshit. Are you saying it's that time? I'm saying Carlo Ancelotti being like, yo, let me get some. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but, but yes, Roddy, I'm saying, I'm saying it that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> yo, let me get a piece. <laughs> it's Chick-fil-A cookies, fam. You got to. Son, the six, the six cookie tote bag. For nine New York City dollars is amazing. <laughs> safe to say, safe to say, you wasn't about to share no with Lottie. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> um, let me get into this BS of the week. All right, um. Before you get into yours, I should mention that I actually don't have a BS of the week this week, which could be BS in itself. All right, the floor is yours. Okay, one. Um, all of my BS of the week, except for my first one, have to do here in the States. Y'all seen Ajax's black Three Little Birds kits? Yeah, pretty nice. Pretty nice. Nice little homage to Bob Marley, you know. Ajax fans and Bob Marley yeah, yeah. go together. What's up with that? Um, uh, we see a bunch of uh, kids, not to go off tangent, but kids kind of like making homages to things that kind of have nothing to do with not nothing to do with, but are just like different than the club. It's pretty interesting, but neither here nor there. Now, the, the, the Bob Marley and Ajax, there is a connection there. You always hear Ajax fans singing some Bob Marley songs at the games in the Cryf Arena. But on the back of the kit, you have the three X's of the Amsterdam flag, and you have three birds resting on top of each X. And per UEFA, that's a problem. Uh, it's always a problem we wait for. Everything's always a problem with those guys. You you got bigger fish to fry, you wait for. Why do you care? AKA, now, get, a, get a job, you wait for. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, there are three birds on top of X's. Like, what negativity is that? Is it anything racist? Is it anything anti-religion or whatever or is anything political no so let it rock but again the kit as a whole i'm a fan of um honestly i prefer the leeds purple kit that we spoke about earlier over this one but oh and all of juventus's kits except for that beach ball looking shit but yeah (laughs) oh and spurs dropped a new third kit i'm a fan of that as well spurs third kit is cool um, but I think the only kids, if we're talking about kids, the only kids that I'll be getting this season, Spurs home kit, and maybe Real Madrid home kit this season. Oh, I'll be and getting a Real Madrid kit. If I get a name on the back, it's going to be McChicken. 
<laughs> Motherfucker, I spit out my water. Shit. <laughs> McChicken number seven. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I did also number seven on the menu. <laughs> oh, shit. Let me clean up my work area here. Um, BS of the week number two. I'm bringing it back to the states. Um, again, BS of the week from here on out it goes to the states. If you're playing a championship match, at what time do you expect to play it? Uh, I would say prime time, seven p.m., eight p.m. The NWSL here in the states, National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL final is set to kick off at nine a.m. in Portland, noon in New York. Hell no. <laughs> Wait, what? That's ridiculous. Come on, guys. And they're doing it because it's on CBS, and in the afternoon, they got college football. Ouch. All I got to say, ouch. Could you imagine playing a championship match at 9 in the morning? Yeah, nah. Uh, I'm going to be late, that's for sure. <laughs> Fam, like, what time would you have to be there? Like, 5? Yeah, they still don't even got the Chick-fil-A cookies on the menu at that time. Like, what? Chick-fil-A not even open, fam. Facts. Damn. But yeah, that has to be BS of the week. 9 a.m. kickoff time for a final? That is disgusting. And lastly, it's a little bit more of a petty side. I work in college sport. We have a game on a pretty much public ground. We call it Randall's Island here in the States. And there is this one camp, I guess you can call it, one youth organization called Met Oval. The motherfucker stole our goals before our soccer game, and they're talking about, oh, no, it's everybody's goals. Fam, we bought out of the game. Why are you stealing our goals? That's crazy. So it's this one um, Eastern Black guy told us, it is everybody's goals. This is Randall's Island. Complete bullshit. Also, they have their own facility. Why do they need to share another one? Big BS. Um, facilities. So they don't, apparently, they don't have the facilities of albeit they do, but that's BS of the week for me. This last thing isn't BS, but I do want to mention this. Radamel Falcao is back in La Liga. Wow. 30 goals <laughs> incoming. 30 goals incoming. Uh-oh. And he scored today for Rayo Vallecano. 29 left. Rayo Vallecano were 3 nothing winners over Getafe. And yes, um, that's it for me on this BS of the week and Finny Misfits. All right, Ronnie. So before uh, somebody comes and steals some more goals, do you want to go ahead and sign the boys off? Wait, 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 wait. Spencer, any shout outs? Any shout outs? Any shout outs, Spencer? Shout outs to Liverpool and Real Madrid. They just keep on winning. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening to episode 59 of the Footy Misfits. Um, we appreciate all of your listenership and your interactions on social media via Instagram. Episode 60 is right around the corner. We're actually grown enough to order off the senior menu at IHOP. So, for the Good Brothers, LV, and Data Desk, Drostradamus, Spence. Yes, on the fence, Spence. On the fence, Spence. I go... (laughs) Nice ring to it. I go by the name of Ronnie. We will see you then. Not a midweek footy. Catch that. I'll try to. Adios, mi gente. Woo! Here's a haiku for y'all. 
I love my girl so much it physically impairs me. I am in perpetual pain. The pain worth it though. I love my girl so much I'd cut off my pancake over her. See y'all next week. Ha, 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 ha,